Welcome back to Cosmic Brilliance, folks. Many of you wrote in and said you really miss seeing shows with Apollo Me. So here we are again with Dragon Fae, Super Soldier, Apollo Me Mendelian. As you subscribers know from our previous nine minute video announcement, Apollo Me is shutting down her academy online in order to focus on getting her two volume academy science series written geared for beginners, so don't worry, and on up. She will explain true science principles that have not been taught in school, needless to say, and are in need to know to become more capable co-creators. We've designed this show addressing very important topics that have not been explained fully in previous shows and to address some of your questions, such as more detailed on the so-called destruction of heaven, more of Apollomy's insights on creation, source creator, councils, and the difference between the beginning versus conscious creation evolution. You will also learn more fascinating details about the different beings on this experimental seed planet called Earth, some of whom have souls and some of whom do not have souls. So welcome back, Apollomy, and thank you for sharing your so precious time to teach us what you discover from your old soul wisdom. I know you are very busy daily and nightly on missions, so thank you so much. Thank you. It's really awesome to be back again. I was a little shocked when you were like, people miss you. You need to come back. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Actually... <laughs> It, it, she's so cute she's really really humble she she doesn't even have a clue of uh how you know so anyway uh we, we i dragged her by her dragon tail <laughs> which is not easy i want you to say do not practice that at home okay all right <laughs> so as usual let's plunge in on one of our earliest shows Apollomy, you briefly mentioned that heaven was destroyed, which understandably caused a huge uproar in the audience and subscribers because they're like going, where do I go after I cross over, blah, blah, blah. And it was my fault not to pursue it and ask more detailed questions. So today we will be, to you know, covering that. And so uh, let's see, you specifically elaborated um, that heaven was destroyed, Yahweh was um, dissipated in front of you, leaving a crown and gold in this universe. He's still okay in first sources universe from where you come from called Hanova. I'm just getting people up to speed a little bit. But it was very coincidental that two weeks after Yahweh, uh, whatever you want to say, disappeared or died in our experimental dimension here um that there was an attack on heaven so um let's have you go into detail more precise detail about uh heaven wasn't totally destroyed and all of that that people need to know okay okay well my version of destruction is different than other people's version of destruction. So that's why you're a bad girl. <laughs> there were a lot of different factions who were on, who can transcend into the dimension that Yahweh had his heaven 
in uh, for people with their afterlife and uh, going to that transition period between you know the soul resting and then being reincarnated there's a very high dimension in this universe and these entities ended up coming in okay I, ha I have to explain this first most people think that this is a magical place okay that it is protected and nothing that can be harmful uh, or ill intent can reside on this vibration frequency dimension that is not true at all entities who have the ability to transcend into those dimensions can be good can be evil can be neutral a good entity a good entity can suddenly change their mind and have ill intent in a heartbeat it, it happens every day to, to all of us. People have a very miscued understanding of, you know, in order to get into these frequencies, you have to be pure. You have to be of this intent, but that's, that's not true. Otherwise, Yahweh himself would have got it tossed out for having all those, you know, eons of, you know, being kind of a dick, I'm sorry, <laughs> to, uh, to people down here. He wasn't exactly that nice in some of the, in some of the, uh, texts. So, yeah. you know, it's still ill intent. It doesn't matter if he's a creator or not. So in that theory that you have to be pure of intent, he would have fell from his own grace and his own frequency of heaven and wouldn't have been allowed in if that was true to these people who were, I'm not, I'm not going to call anyone out, but yeah. it's not how it is. We, we know that. And just really quickly here, that occurs all the way back up to source, no matter what dimension mm -hmm. you're on. People still have free will, can still do trips, can still have agendas, can still do things like that, right? Yep. You're, you, every single consciousness is growing. And there are going to be turning points in every consciousness where their ego once again comes up if you do not keep it in check. So again, you have to learn balance. Anywho. <laughs> uh, so these entities end up coming to uh, Yahweh's gates, Yahweh's kingdom over there because the land stretches very far and wide. There's forests, there's streams beyond his kingdom walls in the same dimension, right? There, there are other places it residing in this dimension and they ended up getting attacked so the gates got broken down a full-on war ended up happening there was a lot of different factions that were going against this now this the attack happened two weeks after Yahweh ended up disappearing so and there was no warning that I knew of I got to not be a part of this I got told to stay out of it and stay down here i could not astral travel over there i couldn't do anything and me and another angelic were on the phone talking remote viewing the entire thing you know and just crying basically so that, that tells me strategically that it was allowed from high up somewhere that's what that tells me that you weren't allowed to get in there but um 
this is so important. So keep talking about first the background, like the, the, the different kingdoms that heaven isn't just heaven one spot, it was destroyed, bang on, now there's no place for people to go. Right. So after, after heaven got destroyed, because there was a lot of stuff that happened there, um, Yahshua, otherly known as Jesus for, for most people, ended up having to leave because the entire place was just getting destroyed. Now, the well of souls, which I will go in specifically into detail for, the well of souls was not touched because nobody can touch that. It can't be destroyed. It's, you know, not allowed to be tampered with, uh, that sort of thing. And that, I mean, you, you can, everyone has a free will to do so, but the punishment is basically non-existence. So anyone who knows what a well of souls is, you just don't even try to even mess with that thing. Okay. So I, We're going to get to all the details of that next because that's really fascinating okay so we're talking what was targeted was just yahweh's property yahweh's yes. heaven, not the other kind of created heavens places whatever beautiful spots kingdoms in right. that dimension okay yeah so again there's other there there can be and is other kingdoms in the those dimensions just because heaven fell does not mean that souls, you know, who ha are have died or are dying don't have anywhere to go. That's not, that is, you don't have to worry about that. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> It's just that that version of heaven for the, for Yahweh's heaven does not have the capability to have people go to their afterlife to that specific area anymore anymore until, until it's regenerated if it's regenerated which we'll get into in a minute yeah. so basically are there a certain number of layers like seven kingdoms in that dimension and is each one controlled by an angelic or guarded how does that work having what people will call afterlife kingdoms they can reside in many different places and some of them are more connected to the multiverse than others when i say connected i mean like you can actually travel to to get there from any other part of the universes of the multiverse uh hang on i'm trying to digest everything that you just said because <laughs> there's like five different topics in that in that whole <laughs> sentence yeah you want me to slow it down yeah, like we'll we'll, we'll do one little section at a time. How my friends have to put up with me too. <laughs> like uh, replay, reset. Okay, so okay, so the first thing is you clarified, which is really important, that all of heaven or all of that dimension was not destroyed, just Yahweh's, which is right. from the Bible or whatever else is a key kingdom within that dimension that most people go to after crossing over. Is that right so far? Most yes. people from earth, most humans. Okay. But then, but there are other places that have been untouched. So this was just a targeted place. And, Correct. okay. And is, 
that place supposed who guards Yahweh's heaven and what happened? So after the kingdom got destroyed, uh, they had to abandon everything. There, there was really no one for a, a couple weeks, really. Everyone just got the heck out of there. You know, a lot of things were raided. A lot of things were, were untouched still, too. So after the kingdom of heaven got destroyed, basically, the, the, the raid happened. Yahshua uh, got out safely. That's all I can really say about that is he is safe. Uh, a lot of the angels literally left. We didn't really see anybody remote viewing there for quite a few weeks. And how do I put this? Um, the well of souls was basically untouched for a couple days and other creators came in and did what they needed to do to make sure that all those souls in the well ended up getting transferred to a proper area for them to have their afterlife. I wanted to make that very clear. Because that's <laughs> really important. Yes. That's like a top priority is to protect the soul wells, right? Yes. Yeah. The well of souls is basically a huge area where you can go into it to basically have your consciousness rest until you're ready to come out and experience new things again. You don't have to be in the well of souls if you don't want to. It is a choice uh, when you when you go into your afterlife. You can kind of wander around and do whatever, but if you choose to just have pure rest and reflect on everything internally, uh, that's what it does. And it's the closest thing that you're going to get to source creator itself. Okay. So other creators came in and protected it first priority. Mm -hmm. Okay. And took them, took those souls other places. Correct. Okay. And what else would you like to add? Oh, well, okay. So after a couple weeks, we ended up talking to a few of the angelics like Michael, Raphael, those guys, and they wanted to start rebuilding uh, the kingdom again, which they had started. So it is still very much destroyed. There's a lot that still needs to be done and reconstructed. Uh, however, going there for an afterlife to have that contract with a creator of such high standards that Yash or Yahweh was, um, just isn't going to happen there anymore for until Yahshua ends up passing his test to possibly take over that area again. And we'll go into to that part of why, uh, I'm sure, later into this episode. We, we have covered it a little bit in bits and pieces throughout all the other shows, too, that um, you, ha you have to go through very high qualification for a creator and all that, but we'll get there. So... What are they doing to repair that heaven? Are they trying to duplicate it exactly as Yahweh had it? Are they being creative and doing new things? Are they terraforming it? Do they just do it with their brain immediately? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like picture it and boom. <laughs> if it only worked that easy. <laughs> Darn. It doesn't matter what dimension you're on. The physics 
are always going to be there. You can't create something out of nothing. So even though a lot of the angelics are of multiple variances, not every angel has the same abilities because it depends on what bat batch they come from. You know, some have a lot more power than others. And it's the higher ones that have the ability to help fix things and rebuild things a lot easier than the newer generation. That makes total sense. Okay. And I know time is irrelevant, but in terms of our time, how long would you guesstimate before it's repaired? Is that like a long time? They have done a lot of improvements since the event happened since 2012, but there's still a lot to be done, a lot. And they are kind of making it in their own way, you know, changing some things that they think is better. They don't have their leaders anymore, really. I mean, yeah, they have Michael, they have Gabriel, you know, and some of the other ones of the Seraphim who ruled the seven layers of heaven. But they don't have the full structure anymore. And this is new to them, absolutely new to them. So they're having to relearn their society structures, their social structures, everything. And actually having to work together and be creators in a whole another way in a certain mm -hmm. way, which is great evolution for them. Yes. A lot of people have a very miscued version of what hell actually is. And hell is actually older than most people realize. It is one of the first planes for the afterlife of hell that has been, for, for the multiverse that has been created, right? There is a lot that goes on down there. And it is for, it is for afterlife. It is, it was existing before you know, all these creators and sub-creators started to get their, their afterlife stuff going on and be able to have their, you know, their heavens or places of rest for souls. So people who go there who are of, you know, nice nature, they, they don't do anything wrong. Their karmetic debt is neutral, you know, they go there and they can still have a wonderful afterlife. They're not getting tortured. They're not getting, you know, oh, you must pay for your sins, your karmetic debt, your everything that scares the crap out of people when they think of the realms of hell. Now, don't get me wrong. That is there too, but it's not in the same area. <laughs> so, so basically there's kind of like beautiful spots in hell then in a certain way where they can go and rest just like they would have in Yahweh's? You have two options. One option is to go into the realms of hell soul well. Now in the soul well, and this is where we're going to start getting into the definition of this, you basically are at a point of rest. So you can have whatever afterlife you want. And I know it's kind of weird, like you could have millions upon millions of souls in the soul well, and the space is infinite, all right? It makes reality the way that you want it only for you. It does not affect other people. And so you can have as much time, as much happiness, 
as much time to reflect in all of your being in that soul well and be protected. Nothing is going to touch you in there. Or, well, by the time that you feel like you you are ready to reincarnate, all you have to do is literally tell the creator of that realm, hey, I want out. Can I can I get out please now? I wish to be more experienced in other realms. And they will let you out. And that's usually when you can kind of like hang around the realm for a little bit while they wait for a body to be ready for you in whatever part of the multiverse. Because a lot of species can't just be reincarnated into anything. There's, we'll possibly make a video on that later. I'll, I'll get into that. Definitely. So, um, but you can just kind of bum around a little bit. There are places in the realms of hell where, you know, you just kind of exist. It's kind of like this plane, you know, if you want to work, you can work. If you want to just lounge around and do whatever, experience things, go places, that's fine too. You know, you don't even have to get reincarnated. You could literally just exist as your own entity and say, hey, can I go over here? You know, and sometimes they'll allow you to do that depending on your contracts with things. Most people would consider this like, it would almost be like astral traveling. You know, if you were here, you can go to, your soul would go to other places, except for you wouldn't have a physical body. So two quick questions that come from that. So when they're there and they're experiencing what they want to experience in a peaceful way, is that a sim automatic simulation based on their intent? Pretty much. So if you want to torture the crap out of yourself in that simulation or your conscious intent, then that's what's going to happen. But it only affects you. It doesn't affect any other soul in the soul well. So you live all in many ways, you live a reality that you're projecting. Mm -hmm. Welcome to what we do until you get so sick and tired of it or whatever that you ask for assistance or help or shifting, yeah. changing. And you can only live a peaceful life for so long before you kind of get bored of it. It becomes repetitive and tedious and it's just stagnant. You know, even if it's a glorious life, it, things just become stagnant. Your soul has to constantly, you know, be involved with things and touch and learn and have experiences. Because we're talking time is relative and no time. We're talking infinite. We're talking multiverses. So mm -hmm. the growth continues. Okay. Another thing that arose while you were saying, okay, so while you're waiting for a body to come in, that would match and be coherent with your karma and your the frequency of your soul, you kind of bum around. Well, what if I decided I'm going to create my own kingdom? <laughs> you would just have to find a place that, that you want to do that. I mean, th obviously there are spaces that are occupied, but if you decide that you don't want to be, and this doesn't even just qualify for hell, okay? Like for the realms of hell. Any deity that has a soul well, those rules same apply to that soul well. And that is because of the karmetic um, contract that they have with prime creator of the multiverse. And we'll get into that uh, in, in just a minute. But 
if if you don't want to be reincarnated into a physical body on a plane your soul your your spirit your consciousness can just be like well i'm gonna go over here you know you're unprotected so you don't have safety which is why most people decide to get reincarnated fairly quickly or they just kind of you know hang out where that realm is that they are in but if you're brave enough and you're like well see you guys i'm going over here and just kind of chilling out in this galaxy just floating around you know or gonna go over here to this like city you know you and you're strong enough to interact with other dimensions to them you would be a ghost (laughs) you know but you can still do that if you want to build a kingdom out in empty space somewhere where there's nothing there i hope you know your physics you know or you gotta trade with other entities that are on your plane because life doesn't really stop existing kind of like in this to be honest it doesn't matter what dimension you're on right and when she mentions physics those that's what you know your physics that's what it's going to be taught in the books by the way folks Okay, so so examples of realms or ki- kingdoms in that dimension are would they be like Valhalla for the for the Celtics, um, Elysium Fields or Golden Field? Well, uh, did I say Celtics wrong? <laughs> no, it was like they're they're Norse, not Celtic. Oh, they're Norse. That's right. They're Norse. They're Norse. Sorry. Okay. Uh, would it be like Valhalla for the Norse uh, beings and like the golden fields that are talked about, things like that? So those would be what we call uh, afterlife heavens for those for those deities. Those those would be deities who had taken the contract to agree to the realms of karma and to the rules of karma for taking souls to a place of rest. And they also have the soul wells too. You don't have to be in a soul well. You could literally, if you're in Valhalla, you can choose to go to a soul well if you want to, but most of them are usually trained to, you know, stay outside of the soul well, go to that realm and fight, feast and be merry and, you know, do other things. So Odin and Freya would be the in charge of that section. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, Freya has her and own thing, but in charge of the underworld or hell or whatever name is mostly Hades. So hell is a realm, and it is very vast. Most people think that you know, like uh, Tartarus or Tartarus or however you want to pronounce it. There's a huge link between that and hell, but they are actually two different kingdoms. So they all reside under one extreme ruler, but, well, two extreme rulers, I should say. However, uh, Hades would be, Hades would be the ruler of that area for Tartarus or Tartarus. So they also have a soul well, but again they're not allowed to misuse the souls they're not allowed to abuse the souls they are not allowed to barter or trade trade exactly (laughs) you know you're not allowed to use the souls so much as currency you're not allowed to 
take the soul's power onto yourself to make yourself more powerful. They are there just to rest. That's it. You are, when you become a creator of that magnitude, you made a pact that you would protect them, that you would basically do all the steps that you need for the karmic afterlife. Okay, so are those called the reapers or is that something different? No, the, the reapers are tied in with um, basically prime source and they are, I guess they're kind of a delivery system. <laughs> they're there to make sure that, okay, say you die, right? Or someone dies and your soul comes out of your body. And you have no religion. You don't know where to go. You know, you don't even know what afterlives are out there. And you could, you know, the reaper is just sitting there looking at you and it's many as various forms because there's more than one. And literally, if you ask the reaper, okay, now what? <laughs> they can give you information, but they are there to protect you. They are there to make sure that no demon that no entity uh, comes and tries to bully you, tries to take you away. They are there to deliver you to where you want to go. Doesn't matter where it is. Doesn't matter if it's an evil God, a good God, a neutral God. Okay, so you're saying you don't necessarily have to have like um, a concept like, oh, Jesus is my savior, so Yeshua will help. Or Egyptian trained Anubis helps. Or you don't necessarily have to have a particular belief. If you have a particular religious or spiritual belief, that's the entity that will probably pop in. If you don't, then basically by default, you still are protected and taken care of. Yes and no. <laughs> so, okay, hang on. I think I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. So to finish up the Reaper thing, Reapers are basically there to make sure that nothing messes with you and your soul gets delivered to where it's supposed to go, wherever you want to take it. Or you could run away from the Reaper and that pretty much nulls your contract of protection. So that can happen. I don't recommend it, especially nowadays, especially on Earth. Um, if a person has a religious preference, Christianity, Muslim, you know, uh, Celtic, whatever, Shintoism, whatever your preference is, you can choose to ask the Reaper or you can choose to ask your deity to send someone to you or connect to them and be like, hey, I want to go here, you know, please protect me while, while this happens and you will end up getting sent to their realm of heavens or realm of hells. You know, some people choose to, to go the opposite direction too. I don't judge. It's whatever you want. So there are multiple areas that a person can go to. Now, if you have no idea, like say you're an atheist and you're like, okay, well, I I died, I'm here, 
I no longer have a physical body. What the heck do I do now? You know, if you do have a reaper, the reaper can be like, well, you can either bum around here in purgatory, you know, the, the dimension that you're currently on and find your own way through things in life. But it becomes very difficult to get reincarnated that way. So you have to be careful. Because usually to get reincarnated, unless you're going to possess somebody, you have to sign a book of life. And that usually only can happen through um, the creators who have taken the role of the karmatic debt, or not karmatic debt, karmatic laws, or entities that have become very powerful enough to kind of shimmy rig their own way around it. Don't recommend those. <laughs> That's usually where you get yeah, messed up. Where you get, they always want to deal. <laughs> they always want to deal, you know, hey, or for you, you'll do this for me. <laughs> you know, and, and in the very worst case scenario, there's technology that, you know, people end up getting involved with to reincarnate. And AI. Uh, I don't recommend that one either. Wow. Okay. So bottom line, folks, as in life, ask questions. Ask lots of questions. Because if you don't know and you don't ask questions and you just go by default, it might be a different experience. And if you go, hi, you know, I'm into right. like Yeshua and I'd like to go over to that realm. And then they're obligated if you know enough to do that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's about the gist of it. So in order for a creator to be a, basically a creator who is high enough to do an afterlife, have your realms of heaven, have your realms of the afterlife, you have to go through a lot. And I mean, a lot of trials, tribulations, you have to prove yourself to the true prime source creator of the multiverse and take an oath on being able to not only know the rules, know the laws, but be able to protect, be able to protect the souls that are coming into you um, for the well of souls and for your afterlife. Be able to uphold the laws around it and make sure that those souls are protected. So this is why you see in a lot of the afterlives, like there's always huge kingdoms always huge kingdoms you know there's always going to be areas where people can't enter always going to be areas where there's a lot of high guards and part of that is to protect the well of souls when you take this oath you also have to learn the rules of karma because whether whether an entity decides to be uh, a a good karmatic uh, entity deity or a negative karmatic entity deity because usually there's not so much like it's kind of like over here or over here or in the middle there's not too much like a variance of in between you know if you look at a lot of religions like their tenants are either really good or you have to be a really bad person <laughs> or you have to be really neutral because there are some forgiving neutral ones but they're very slim does that make sense? 
Yeah, kind of like the golden rules, the really important rules. Right. So there's usually always rules to get into specific deities afterlives. And and that's their, you know, their choice on on who they kind of pick from the the herd, you know, if you want to put it that way, um, on who goes there. And that's part of crowd control, if you want to think about it that way. So someone can go there, but you can be rejected. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, not more insecurity. We have enough <laughs> of that down here. Okay. Like, so, you're my savior. Nope, you're not good enough. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. So even though a deity can take on this responsibility for the well of souls, you know, and, and be able to take souls into the afterlife, do the soul well, they can still reject people if their code of tenants is not up to snuff for, for the, like, I want to say. Level of positive actions, thoughts, their intention, things like that. Right. For the, for the karmetic rules that they put down for their followers. So, you know, like, so this is like different clubs. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty it's like much. Boy clubs. Is this the same thing as the God worlds and the goddess worlds? Are we talking like are we into that whole thing, which is a higher dimension? Yes. That's what yeah. Okay, because angelics are a certain level, and then we get to eighth D and whatever, and there's these god and goddess worlds and stuff. Well, I mean, like you can be a deity at any dimension. You don't have to be at like 28th tier dimension, you know, in order to be a deity. You just have to have the knowledge, the power, the self-control to start working your way up the ranks, you know. Now, when we start getting into creators, there is a completely different thing. Not only do you have to have the science the knowledge of how to create, to destroy, to balance. But there's a lot of testing on certain tiers of deities that, that happen. You know, let, let's say that um, you become a god of earth, right? Like everyone praises you, everyone loves you, blah, blah. They give you your energy or their energy to you. And, you know, you're consciousness feeds on that energy and then itself becomes stronger was able to do more things that doesn't mean crap to a lot of the higher uh creators because you still have to prove yourself on a lot of things you have to prove yourself that you understand the laws and the rules of the governing universe you have to understand you know what it means to be a creator whether you choose to be a good creator or an evil creator, a creator of destruction, a creator of life, a creator of balance, a creator of flower paper folding, it doesn't matter, you know. So a person who would be a god of earth would still not be, or a creator of earth would still not be a creator of like one of the creators that govern this universe. You know, there's a lot of work that has to be instilled into that. Higher qualification beyond adoration. <laughs> higher qualification, higher knowledge, 
you know, it's kind of like the difference between going into preschool and graduating college. Okay. I'm not sure if that explained anything. (laughs) So, um, and you probably know, so even at the highest levels, if one is bad boy or bad girl and doesn't do what they agreed to do in the tenets, uh, do they get corrupted on those higher levels just as much as people get corrupted down here? Again, uh, good and evil is a point of view, but when it comes to signed contracts of what you're going to do and what you're not going to do as a creator, they take that very seriously. When you decide, see, see there's a new universe that's being created and they need like 10 different councils. Each council represents and has maybe seven or eight members for that each of those councils and all of those councils have to come together and have specific rules laid down by the immortal seven all right you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this and you can't do this those are the absolute definite rules that cannot be broken that doesn't mean that they're not going to be broken you know Every person in those councils has their own consciousness, their own evolution, their own experience, and every single thing they absorb and interact with is going to change the way that they perceive, they react, you know, and their actions. So yes, they can get corrupted, but their corruption would be more on the lines of, I don't agree with what's happening here. I am going to change this on my own accord so that I feel that this experiment would be better doing this, even though, even though it disregards all of the rules that the higher councils put down. That's how corruption starts in the higher ranks. But what if there, I know there's no such thing as right, but what if their choice is more benevolent that they are creating? If their choice hinders the laws that were originally set down by the immortal seven or even the higher or like say it's just a council that governs this quadrant of the universe and they still have to follow rules you know that the universal council puts out if those rules are broken it's no like anything other you're gonna get punished especially if you get caught so you, 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 there's a lot of, you know, rules and regulations that try to protect everything, but occasionally people are going to get corrupted and usually they get caught eventually. And if, if they get caught at that level, do they get assimilated back to one? Only if the rules are, only if the rules have been broken by the immortal sevens, like major rules that were set down. So if an entity breaks one of the main tenants that the Immortal Seven had set, then yeah, you could get assimilated back to source. Okay. And the Immortal Seven folks, just to remind you guys, is uh, the creators over in Hanover at the first universal uh, creation, right? A source creation. Right. Basically, it was the first part of this universe that was ever created. They are the council that governs the multiverse. 
Okay, well, which takes us into a very um, juicy question here, which is apparently the Immortal Seven had not been over here to this experimental universe for a very, very, very long time. And I know you personally and maybe others um, basically went over there and tried to do what you could do or however you want to say it to get their attention that maybe there was too much chaos and darkness and stuff happening down here. So you want to talk a little bit about that and um, what is needed to get the Immortal Seven's attention and why they finally showed up. Right. I just want to remind everyone that I was chosen by the Immortal Seven uh, of Light that to be their champion back when I was in Atlantis, the first Atlantis, like when it was actually created, <laughs> not when it was just first taken over, when it was actually created, because that episode like just mind blew me that their records that everyone seems to have on this planet is after the Draco draconians took it over it was like nobody has records of this like would we actually made the thing first you know or, so, it's, or it's pure state yes it's beautiful yeah so. when, when when the immortal seven actually had avatars that came down here and created thing created atlantis and governed the people and yeah, yeah. so So during that time period, I ended up becoming the, the champion of light. And I have been sanctioned, sanctioned, stationed on this planet for a very long time. And so I've seen a lot of this world change. I've seen a lot of this world come and its ebbs and flows of corruption and whatnot. I haven't really been off of world too much. I mean, I've had a couple... Uh, a couple reincarnations here and there but it's pretty much stayed within this quadrant but i still kind of have the ability to communicate with the immortal seven and when things got really bad a couple of years ago and i mean really bad this was before they the basically the uh, project to get a lot of the dracos off world you know, everything started to crumble against the... 16 and 17-ish? Um, 2015 to 16-ish, yeah. Okay. Uh, during that time period beforehand, there were some events in my life that, that really just, I couldn't take it anymore. And so I started asking for the Immortal Seven's help. And... I realized that they hadn't checked in and I'm not the only one, but I realized they haven't really checked into this universe for a really long time. And, you know, so I ended up telling them what was happening and they were like, Oh, you know, you're very, very young. You're just overreacting. You know, you're just not used to, to this universe because it's so different from Hanova. And I'm like, I've been around for like the last 34,000 years. What do you mean? Like, I haven't been here long enough, you know? And that's just on earth. Exactly. So I had to bother them a lot. And I know I wasn't the only one because they started running into other Hanovians. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you need to go and tell them because 
Well, some of the other Hanovians were here on Earth, too. And they started talking to them, being like, no, things are really bad down here. Like, you really need to start paying attention. And so finally, they ended up, one of them ended up coming over here. And they were a little bit more than baffled. You know, at first, <laughs> at first, Are you they able were like, to tell us which one came over of, of which of the seven? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to classify. Okay. Okay. Classified. They were baffled, yeah. just like the people on the planet are baffled. They, their first initiation, uh, or not initiation, their, their first observation of everything that had happened, they're like, oh, well, this is kind of weird, but it's not really that bad. And I'm like, oh, just, just wait a bit, wait a while. They ended up observing me for a week and then finally they came back to me and they're like, so I couldn't help but notice that you're being treated completely unfair, completely against sanctioned, you know, uh, contracts. And I'm like, you don't say. <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time how bad it really was because a lot of the government programs that I was in kind of brainwashed me into being like, oh, we own you. Here's all this other stuff, you know, and a lot of the other uh, factions that I was involved with, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, they were really manipulative and yeah. I had no idea because I was uneducated on how manipulative they really were, but one of the immortals like actually went through my contracts, looked at everything, looked who had, you know, actual sanction over me, laws over me, rules over me, contracts. And a lot of my contracts were falsely forged, which is against one of the laws. And so, yeah, <laughs> they, they were not, not going to get caught. Exactly. Yeah, it's not just you; it's other powerful beings too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so they ended up going back and having a discussion with the other ones, and it just kind of all fell down through there. With the other immortals. With the other immortals, and so you know we ended up having a meeting, and they said that they were going to look into things, and not just for me, but I mean, like they were really going to look into things. And at first, they started with Earth. And it's from about 2015-ish. Um, it's gone from Earth to the quadrant, to the galaxy, to multiple galaxies. And basically now the entire universe is under um, investigation. The entire experimental universe. Experimental universe is under investigation. Yay! It's about time. And is this true? I've always had a sense that one of the reasons um, I keep encouraging our subscribers and people to focus and work on being more of a co-creator is that if you don't have uh, a strong sense of self and start knowing who kind of, you know, that you're a creator or at least co-creating, my sense is they don't really pay attention to you. If you're just like out there whining, asking questions, you know, well, can you please do this for me? But like, it takes someone like you or somebody who actually is going enough already. You have to look at this, right? And you mind melded with them. And I think you told us in another show that they go, that can't be right. 
So it was, I, I mind melded with a lot of people. I say mind melded. It, it's basically uh, touch osmosis. And they wouldn't listen. And literally, I had to start showing them what I was going through, how I was feeling, you know, everything that was happening around me before they just kind of got it in their system. And, and it was not just the Immortal 7 I had to do with this. Like, I had to do this to a couple of the high chancellors, um, high, um, what do you want to call them? Basically, the high council members of other galaxies, because they didn't really know how bad it was down here on Earth for some of these people. People like me, people like, you know, all of the SSP people, uh, even just normal people. It affects all of them, too. It really does. And, you it know, was the, way beyond maintaining neutrality. <laughs> oh, way beyond, way beyond, way beyond. And, and, yeah. Oh, man, it's it's bad. And, you know, a, a lot of them were like, oh, you know, you're just young. That was my favorite excuse is, oh, you're just young. <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm like, I'm older than you are. What are you talking about? Didn't, <laughs> you, didn't you um, give them a a, a challenge? L let's see your, excuse my coarse language, people. Uh, let's see your butts come down here and last a day in a ghetto or someplace that doesn't have much money and then we'll talk, you know? A lot of us, a lot of us ended up having a meeting with a lot of the um, people who had investment in this planet, investment in this planet, not just the, the dark councils, but a lot of the Andromedans, the Syrians, you know, some of the Palladians and stuff. And we were literally like, you guys need to fix this. This is your problem too. And they're like, you guys are fine. You're fine. And so I actually grabbed one of their skulls and melded with them and showed them how bad it was. And he actually threw up. Because I go. didn't even show him my yes. SSP stuff. I showed him a lot of, you know, just day-to-day -day stuff. Homeless people on the street. You know, I've been homeless. So I know what it's like. You know, I showed him that. I showed him all of the frustration and anger. I showed him everything, you know, everything that was happening. All the division, all of just people in poverty, you know, our governments feeding, spreading all of our resources out to, to, you know, other countries when they can't even feed themselves. They can't even feed their own people, clothe their own people, help their own people with medical needs. And he literally threw up, you know. And then when I started talking about a lot of the projects and everything, you know, ended up touching him again. And then he threw up a second time because I actually showed him what they did to us. And I'm like, I'm not, I never joined the military in, in a civilian life. You know, I'm like, they have no right to be doing this to any of us. And this is hundreds of thousands of people too. Yeah. Literally. Are doing but it affects everybody on the planet. So now just because I, I can hear this question in the background, when you said these different people in Dromedans, everyone have an investment in this planet describe investment what investment means you mean in the people having their genetics and what do you mean by investment what i mean by the investment is the people who the factions you know private factions and factions from like different galaxies 
those ones who ended up investing in this planet to remake it after, you know, TMN got exploded. So they have actual stock in this planet because they put the money in to rebuild the whole thing, to, to create inner earth, to create, you know, the outer structures and, and the place that we live on. When they put resources in, we're, we're talking, you know, man hours, resources to actually build it, you know, a lot of our rocks and everything and, and magma and structure and stuff, we actually had to pull a lot of that from the broken parts of the planet back in to start melting down. You know, it's it, it costs a lot of money. So, you know, and then not creating a, a planet. Yeah. And then terraforming it after that. They kind of did more of a natural terraforming, you know, but it's it's whatever. Um you know, but and then you have the the seedlings down here where you know they put the arcs, arcs, you guys call them arcs. I, I call them you know something different, but uh, they put the arcs down here and, and put the, the genetic species down here and everything else. That is a lot, a lot of money, is a lot of resources. So I know people don't feel like they are owned. I know a lot of people don't like that. But if you ever live in a government society, if you have a social security number, you're owned. Okay, it's the same principle. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like being born in a working society. So they have certain amount of stock in people. And therefore, you know, they're kind of like parentals. And they still have a responsibility for everyone down here to an extent. We were put down here to survive, to grow and learn about our environment and do what we will with it. However, you know, a parental guidance or at least a teacher would have been nice because that has been kept for many, 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 many millennia. Right. We're not even talking ET technology. We're talking like how to communicate with the trees, how to communicate with nature so that we can better understand it and be harmonious with it and use the resources it gives us without stripping, you know, without raping it. So, so um, basically you took almost a year and a half from what I remember going back and forth and going, this is wrong. This is what's happening. So that finally activated them. Now I have two questions before what happened next or one question before what happened next. How are they, including the Andromedans of this, the councils and even the immortal seven who finally showed up, how are they accountable for ignore or, or is this just like a low staff problem <laughs> like it's occurring on earth like we have so many planets we're like doing and so much stuff we're doing we don't you know like and and we do this experiment and then of course we let it run for a while and then oh we kind of forgot about it it didn't oh it didn't nuke we better check on it okay we don't want it to nuke us it's like just you know okay well we solved that problem now let's let them on their own again and we'll see like <laughs> it depends on the the tier system the immortal seven their time runs so much different 
for for them it could have been like oh i turned around and and my eggs boiled you know oh that's true good point so you know and and literally they just time runs so much faster here that and it's so much slower in hanova that it's just it's like a quick second oh you so know? they don't can't relate to the hours and hours and hours and years of torture and hardships and that they it's, just it's hard like, for it's hard for them yeah they're like stop whining get over it it only was a second you know pretty pretty much you know and everyone's like oh well they're prime creators they can't think that way but they can and they do you know so it's like it's like a, a parent to a child when you're an adult time goes so fast you got everything going on at once you barely have a moment to think depend you know you got work and kids and projects and house cleaning and all this other stuff to a child though waiting around for for them to either get off work or you know do chores or whatever it it feels like forever yeah and it's the same concept of time so for they, the, for, they really need the parents need enough beings they respect and don't just see as a little child that'll learn enough beings they respect to bug them enough to go mommy daddy this is really abusive <laughs> dad my grandfather just abused me you know oh, da, 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 da. i mean over and over again right it, it's it's something you know and the thing is, is that Earth is only one planet, you know, for, for the universe, it's like, eh, whatever. And one experimental universe. We've got tons of experimental universes. Right. Yeah. But again, it takes voices in order to be like, hey, something's not right here. Hey, something's not right here. It's over the last couple thousands of years, we've been brainwashed into knowing what you know, we have to put up with. It's only been the last couple of years that people are just like going overboard. It's like, oh my God, I have freedom and I have power now. I'm going overboard. You know, we're, we're, we're making all these new rules and everything because I now have power and I don't know how to deal with it. But, you know, it, it, everyone has to know what is right, what is wrong and what is enough. And then speak up. And, and then not, speak up. And not stop, take action and speak up. Not right. just get immune, check out and get used to it. Yeah. Exactly. So I have a, another side question coming in from some consciousness, which is they hear a lot about how, you know, what happens to positive or kind of good people or neutral people. They want to know, like, what is the repercussions for, if this makes sense, negative beings who are in charge of a negative experience or a creation, meaning meaning self-serving, you know, however you want to define it, self-serving, but hi, we're, we're going to experiment with a negative creation here for maximum growth. How, at what point are they, do they become accountable karmic wise or anything else? So if I understand what you're asking, like if a, universe uh, experimental universe was for a negative experience there's always still going to be certain rules that have to be applied by by the immortal seven for an, a, an experiment to even happen so um uh, to what 
accountability would those would those creators have for that? Well, they still have to follow the Immortal Sevens rules. And then they still have to follow the rules that were set down for the original mission of the experiment. Now, it's very rare for the Immortal Seven to agree to anything that is super negative. You know, they usually tend to leave that towards the torture section of hell because it's really well monitored and maintained. They have full control over there to, to do so. Um, an experimental universe such as this one, uh, even though it is separated from source, so it can't contaminate any other universes that are already passed, they know enough that it's usually not going to pass successfully. It would be like a very small margin that any that any of it would be able to be like, you know, 10% or 20% to, to be able to pass anything. This universe is, is pretty messed up, you know, pretty messed up. Um, it's not the worst. By far, it's not the worst. Uh, there are worse <laughs> that didn't make it very long, but. So, so that's really important what you shared, but here's an, a quick example. So I'm going to, you know, like be, a, I'm not going to, but <laughs> a person is going to be a creator and make sure it's a little on the darker side, whatever. And then they get really clever and they go, okay, we're not breaking rules because we're not really killing these people. So we're going to do loopholes and we're going to create tons of clones and then we're going to torture them and put them in the entertainment industry. So, so, you know, like all the little games that are going on, uh, what, it doesn't count because they do have a soul or they don't have a soul or, you know, it, it seems like a lot of manipulation and loopholes are being played that may not be obeying the original Immortal Seven's rules. Here. Well, again, it depends on what universe it is. This is a free will universe. It's not a law of one universe. So torturing to an extent is okay in this universe because it creates an experience that someone can evolve off of and learn to appreciate, you know, and it causes that evolution of, am I going to continue to be a good person? Am I can continue to evolve in a good way? Or am I going to let this corrupt me into, you know, the same principle? And that's always the deciding factor. But there is a point where it gets to be too much torture. And it starts to drive into uh, the Immortal Seven's rules of, you know, you're not supposed to absolutely destroy a soul. You are not supposed to um, have it be so much to where it is torturous enough that the soul wishes that it just didn't exist anymore. Those are some of the rules and laws that, you know, are supposed to be upheld at. Now, those are for creators, okay, like in councils, and they are supposed to monitor those universes so that if something in the universe starts creating that much sway 
for the experience, they are supposed to stop it. And that has not happened in this universe. This is one of the things that's being checked into because um, some of the rules from the Immortal Seven have been broken, that the Immortal Seven laid down have been broken. And a lot of the laws in this universe for its original purpose have been broken. And I'm not allowed to ex exactly say for the, the universal laws, because you had me check into those and I started to. <laughs> um, Good. <clears throat> however, they have been broken and there were some very, very big offenses going on, not only by entities in this universe that should have known better, but by some of the creator councils as well, because they did not step in to actually, they're just going to like, oh, I'm sure it'll run its course. It's good. And no, some of the council members decided to help, but again, they have to help in subtle ways which means that, you know, okay, well, we're going to ask this faction over here if they want to be our champions and go do this for us, you know, and some of the, the creator councils were like, no, we're just going to step in and, and start doing this. But when you have so much of a disbalance, even the creator councils can only do so much before they get washed over. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's so much macro micro. It's yeah. just, it's like the same rules, same things going on uh, above. So I, I remember you said, so the mortal seven came into this universe finally through promptings of you and others over a year and a half, at least. Who's in charge here? How did this happen? This was not an original agreement. You guys are not abiding by the laws. You have this amount of time to fix it or we're, we're uh, going to do something you may not like. Did they actually say that and do that and et cetera? So in <laughs> uh, around 2005, I believe, uh, I would have to pull Truth Control's website up and log into my account again. It's, it's been a while and search for it. Uh, I posted a, uh, a post on there and I'm one of those people who are a little tricky. So I like to ask questions instead of just blunt out saying things. Um, and I asked, like, my post was on truth control, has the fighting stopped? And I gave information that I was at a very, I saw a very important meeting with very important figureheads of the creators. And they were talking to uh, the Andromeda Council. And there was warnings that were given off that if this shenanigans in this universe don't stop, there's gonna be huge consequences. So yes, the, the Immortal Seven have stepped in and told a lot of the creator councils that, hey, if you don't correct this, if things don't start to change, we're all in trouble. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, now that is so important and that rolls right into thing that actually was somewhat quite surprising to me, which is how does source creator fit into this and its responsibility for this experimental creation? Because they, was fascinating. The immortal seven are supposed to make sure that, well, first of all, they lay down the rules. They have the same rules for every experimental universe. And they also make rules for every governing universe that has passed the experimentations, um, which is really quite elaborate. But 
their rules have to come first. They're the ones who allow the creation of experimental universes. They also pick the councils who are going to uh, run the universes. So if they don't like, if a council comes to them with, if several councils come to them and they're like, hey, we're looking to run an experimental universe, you know, can we do this? They have to go through each council member, do a test, and if they don't like a member or they don't like a council as a whole, they're like, no, you can't be part of this. You're not ready. You have to continue on your studies before you're allowed to. So after that, then, then you know, they, they give the, these councils uh, an energy ball, basically. And that's pretty much all I can go in for that. Otherwise, I'm going to get in trouble. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, like they have to make sure that those councils are doing their job. And again, there are millions upon millions of thousands of experimental universes going on at once. It's very taxing and hard to try and keep an eye on all of them all at once. So there is a staff shortage. <laughs> I guess you could say that. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the the higher up, the aspects of us higher up are doing like 400 jobs simultaneously here. I mean, seriously. Okay, so the one thing that was really interesting, because I kind of confronted you and said, well, how come our one source creator for this experimental universe is you know, not doing enough and is really into balance. And you told me something surprising that about source creator, about the characteristics of source creator, and then who's actually in charge. So share that. So the immortal seven are basically avatars of source creators consciousness. They are independent for every avatar and they also represent certain characteristics so they have their own viewpoints that differ most of the time than uh, each other and that's for a balancing act um as for you know they, they each govern their own thing and they each work as a council and you, you, you asked me, you're like, well, well, then why can't they work as a team and do all this other stuff? And why don't they know everything all at once? Like, they should know everything. And the answer I gave you made me chuckle, but it, it's like this. Okay, you yourselves are consciousness. You have a physical body. You have an avatar. I want you to know exactly everything that's happening in you simultaneously for all of your organs, your cells, your, your microbes in your guts, everything. Can you do it? Not really. No. no. <laughs> even, even if you were, how, how do we put it? Um, it has oh, to get our attention usually through sickness or health or something going screwy. Yeah. Right. Right. Like I am very sensitive to my body. I listen to my body very well, but do I know that they're just like, you know, am, am I getting sick? 
yeah, I can feel an, an another life form coming into me when I'm, when I'm sick, I can feel it changing my chemistry, you know, uh, same thing with, you know, oh, well, if someone has like, you know, a, a freckle or something and it's starting to turn cancerous, most people don't even pay attention to that. You know, oh, I, I caught myself like four hours ago and now I just found out it's the same principle. So things can sneak up on any conscious life form, any consciousness whatsoever. And yes, they, they know a lot, but it's just, it's really hard. <laughs> it's the easiest way to put it. So you were telling me that the source creation uh, isn't source creator, isn't, how do I say this? really running the operation it's the team and councils under it that are a part of that source source creator is feeling there's a part of it that is feeling and observing everything but the avatars are not exactly connected to per se to that part of itself it's kind of like the soul versus the physical body you have to connect everything. And they do this for multiple reasons, uh, one of them being safety and the other one experience. So um, so would that imply that our particular source, well, it depends if we're talking source creator of the multiverse of which the se seven immortal sevens are the councils of, or the avatars of, or if we're talking a, like creation, of a experimental universe what i'm trying to get to is is it possible that a creator can be younger than another creator oh absolutely and so absolutely. like because i've always had this sense like our creator's fairly young or something <laughs> or like kind of a, a baby or something i don't know so so once again it's it's the avatars versus if you're talking about this universe uh, the consciousness of this universe has no tether to any of the councils that are governing it at all. They can't uh, necessarily like tap into all of it. So they have to communicate with each other. Right. But you just said there's no tether. There is no tether. So how do you communicate when there's no tether? <laughs> what I mean when I mean tether is like the silver cord that attaches your astral body to your physical body oh. they don't have that <laughs> oh okay okay so they, they don't have that tether so that information from the soul to the physical does not happen instantaneously Perfect. like you when you when you meditate you can you can your your soul and your physical body can merge with the consciousness of this universe but we're we're all created from from this our, our molecules and everything else so there there is that form of tether for us but because they came from outside of it they have to communicate differently and we're talking creator creation and the seven immortals at the same time immortal sevens they have to communicate differently Right, they have to communicate differently to the consciousness of the universe that they're governing. Wow. And how would you say they do that? Can I can't tell you, it's classified. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Okay. Okay. I knew you were going to ask that. I'm like, I can't tell you. I'm sorry. I'm like narrowing it down for the kill. <laughs>